Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. Master Windu, may I interrupt? So we start off the 20 with Mace Windu really speaking his skepticism about Palpatine and basically saying, hey, Anakin, go tell him that Obi-Wan likely has General Grievous captured, uh, and then we'll gauge his reaction because we want him to step down from power immediately after Grievous is captured. So Anakin goes to visit the Chancellor because they're pals, and he was kind of instructed to by Mace Windu. Um, and uh, Chancellor Palpatine is kind of flirtatious and, and flattering Anakin the way he typically does, but he has chosen this moment to let it slip that he is, of course, uh, a force user, and particularly with the dark uh, dark side of the force, Anakin is, of course, offended by this, but he's able to kind of be sweet-talked uh, away from uh, attacking and arresting Palpatine. Yeah. We really get to see Anakin in a pure moment of confusion. He's clearly torn, and you get to see the reveal of Palpatine to Anakin, which took forever for everyone to see. <laughs> it's kind of odd. So true. Yeah. And then uh, that leads us into Obi-Wan with General Grievous. Yeah, so Obi-Wan is faced off against General Grievous. Uh, it's a fairly physical altercation, which, you know, robots versus humans doesn't really work. But <laughs> Obi-Wan somehow manages to pull it off. He pries open Grievous's chest. Uh, and after Grievous essentially beats the crap out of him, Obi-Wan uses his good old-fashioned force pull and shoots Grievous right in the open heart cavity, and he lights on fire from inside and dies. Mace Windu is happy about the good news of the defeat of General Grievous for all of two minutes before Anakin storms in and is like, ah, but the thing is, I think Palpatine might be a Sith Lord, and I think he's specifically the Sith Lord that we've been afraid of all this time. And so uh, Mace Windu gears up to go arrest Palpatine, storms through the doors, three other Jedi Masters with him, uh, and very quickly, uh, Palpatine slays those other three uh, masters and is kind of locked in a one-on-one -on -one combat with Mace Windu. We see uh, the duel take place in, I guess, the Palpatine's like throne room or main office. Uh, we actually get to see Palpatine use a lightsaber, which is kind of neat, and uh, resulting in Anakin showing up, and that's when things go south. Yes, Anakin shows up. He essentially has the option really to kill Mace Windu or to side and decide with Palpatine or to protect Pal and, and protecting Palpatine or to side alongside Mace Windu arrest Palpatine uh, Mace Windu's not so much okay with that when Palpatine tries to electrocute him and then so ultimately Mace Windu says he must die Anakin realizes I will never be able to save Padme and he cuts off Mace Windu's hands Palpatine electrocutes Mace Windu as the first time he's able to actually access Mace mm. uh, and then flies him out the window with his electricity and then approaches Anakin to knight him as his new apprentice, Lord Vader. And I guess our 20 kind of ends with Palpatine sends Anakin off to the Jedi Temple and basically says, listen, you need to get this through your thick skull. The, uh, the being torn between two sides stops here. You are now a Sith Lord and the Jedi are our enemy. And across the galaxy, uh, Yoda... Uh, senses a, a great disturbance. We must move quickly. <laughs> want to welcome uh, our buddy Michael back to the podcast. Hello, Hello sir. Hello, everybody. Hello <laughs> uh, listen, when it comes to uh, to Palpatine, do we agree that it is accelerated too quickly all at once? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this there's the pro this is a great twenty, but it's also one of the worst twenties <laughs> in the entire saga. Yeah, because. It should be an hour. Right. Yes. Uh, well, it shouldn't be an hour, but this 20 coupled with the next 20 
that that 40 minutes could very, very easily be, uh, or even, sorry, the next five minutes of the next 20. So you take this 20 plus the next five minutes of the next 20. So that 25 minutes could easily be 50 minutes. Maybe half the movie could be that part. But I mean, like, you add like an extra 20 minutes to the movie, it makes it definitely the longest movie. But this was the timeline in which Return of the King was coming out at three hours. They could have made a two-hour, 40-minute Revenge of the Sith and had this really, really game-changing moment be a little bit more drawn out. It felt very rushed. It's too much of Anakin going back and forth in too short of a period of time. Well, I think the best example of that is... There's, I think, 12 seconds between Anakin's two lines, what have I done, and I will do anything you ask. Yes. yes. There's 12 both, seconds. Both delivered questionably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, and we're so used to Anakin being the one that they have to tame, but in this scene, he's kind of the most level-headed one. Like, I understand that Mace Windu uh, is right to be angry for being electroshocked, and certainly Palpatine is mm-hmm. dangerous. Maybe detaining him is going to be a challenge, but Anakin is right. He should stand trial. Oh, Anakin is absolutely right uh, in principle, but that's the problem. Anakin always goes back to principle, and that's the whole point in this entire movie. At, like, at the very start, he's drawn back between, like, do I either go against what I'm told to do or do I follow what I'm told to rigidly do? And this is one of those other instances where, no, you guys are so damn rigid all the time, and you're saying that he must stand trial. Logically, I may agree with you, Mace. He is so dangerous, but if you're telling me that you're willing to kill him, then you've been lying to me constantly. Well, and Mace Widu is famous for being by the book. Exactly. And so it's really Anakin's moment of, okay, you've both shown me your cards. One of you is a Sith Lord, and one of you is a Jedi, but I don't even know what the Jedi are anymore in his mindset, which is not really true, but... We do get to see, though, the Jedi become the polit- political. Oh, 100%. The Jedi in this, in this are no longer do. who they well, should we'll, be. We'll have to take over the Senate to ensure peaceful transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the point of the Jedi at all. No, no. but that's the thing. And then that's that's even when I, I even wrote down, that's one of the Yoda quotes. Great dark place, this line of thought will carry us. Great care we must take. Which is a beautiful Yoda quote, because he's always the one who understands what, at the end of the day, we're supposed to be doing. Maybe that's not running the government. But maybe that's the great flaw in Mace Windu, is that he loses sight of that. Well, no, absolutely. And that's the the whole pull, is because Yoda doesn't necessarily want to become involved from a militaristic point of view, but understands the importance of the Jedi in bringing peace to the broader elements of the galaxy. By being involved with the Republic, they have a greater reach. Mace Windu feels of the same creed, and he operates under that, but the problem is is he's too rigid, and he becomes in a position where he doesn't want power. He's not trying to get power here, but he plays perfectly into Palpatine's trap. Right. Because Palpatine now has the proof he needs to show Anakin, look, what I told you is right. They're trying to get power. They're taking over. They're taking <laughs> over. And Anakin's like, well, both of you guys are shitbags. <laughs> one of you told me the other one was a shitbag. Ah, fuck, I'll go with the guy who's my father figure. I know, but we're in this very, very brief little window. Mm. There's a very short window where Anakin is technically Darth Vader, but he still is married to Padme because she's still alive. That lasts for a couple days, Tops. Uh, No, a couple hours. Not even, yeah. So, like, it lasts no time at all. But a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned, Ross, something on the podcast about how very quickly after Padme's death, Anakin slash Vader realizes what's really going on, but it's too late to go back, so he just has to lean into the skid. Yeah. Uh, at this point... Well, that's what I loved about the Vader fan film. 
because it kind of cleared that well, up a little bit. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. It's, it's him leaning into the skid. Yeah. It's him realizing, well, shit. <laughs> so so in this very brief window where nothing in his life is destroyed yet, but he has turned to the dark side, he's not at all conflicted by, okay, now that I've got you, let's murder everybody on the opposing side. Doesn't that sound like something a bad guy would say? It does, but this is kind of a, an interesting way of, I guess, looking at it. He's put in a position where, okay, no matter what, you either have to kill your father figure and watch the person you love most in the world die along with your potential unborn children. So you can kill your father figure, your right. wife, and your kids. Yep. Or you can kill your coworkers. <laughs> Don't put me in that position. Mm. But my point <laughs> is, like, as much as Obi-Wan's his brother, it's not it, like to him, it's no contest. There's a guy who has raised him to a degree, but has also shown him constant skepticism. And then there's on the other side of the table, someone who has lied to him his entire life, but he doesn't really see it that way. He sees a father figure, something that he's never had. Yep. And he has the one thing that he's loved since he was 10. Yeah. He, I mean, Palpatine brings up Obi-Wan almost immediately after, which I thought was bold. It is. Every single Jedi, including your friend, Obi-Wan Kenobi, is now an enemy of the Republic. Because he knows that's the one thing. Like, Anakin is, he's pissed enough about the other High Council members. Mace Windu's just dead. Yoda, he knows Anakin has some, um, I guess, power struggles with because he doesn't like that Yoda is more powerful than him. Right. Um, but Obi-Wan is that one person who can bring him back. And same reason why o Yoda sends Obi-Wan to Mustafar. Uh, Michael, what do you think of this particular lightsaber duel between Palpatine and Mace Windu? I kind of think oh. that it's it's fine, but it so gets lost uh, in the discussion of lightsabers in this movie because Mustafar is such a great lightsaber duel. Yeah, that's the pinnacle. Yeah. But on its know, own, it this was, one? Yeah. Really disappointed with the four Jedi scene. I was really disappointed. How easily does Just, he kill those uh, other and, three? And, and people try to explain it away. Oh, you know, Sidious is... Super powerful and no, I've got a ton of reasons. I got a, I got a big chunk of explanation here because it I was just I knew like, that would that could have been, it could have been a great you know a great scene of martial arts and like oh, something and the really four of them and yeah the, absolutely. But so I'll give a little explanation. That weird scream at the start. I was wondering if you'd bring that up. It's called Force Scream. <laughs> and so how it works is it's it was created I believe before. Like Revenge of the Sith and through yeah. like the lore of Star Wars, and so it was something Lucas plucked in that capacity, uh, and it acts as kind of like a stun grenade. Okay, and so that's initially why he's able to just like it kind he of like paralyzes and like almost paralyzes as he's moving at lightning pace towards him. So that kills the first guy. Okay, and so they're all still a little disoriented. Kit Fisto's a good master though, and so he's able to last a little bit longer. Uh, we have. Um, Kind of a little bit more information here, so because these guys are on the Jedi Council, like they're presumably they're good they guys. But keep say, in mind, they've spent the last like five years during the Clone Wars fighting against battle droids. Yep, they're so used to defending blaster fire. None of these people have ever faced a Sith Lord in battle. True. So they've never had lightsaber hand-to-hand -hand combat that's not practiced in the Jedi Temple. Why in the world would they be prepared for this old-ass man to like lightning dagger across the room at them? But we see. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan faced Darth Maul and they'd never, there was never a Sith Lord heard from. And look at right. that battle. Exactly. It's night and day though. Look at how fast Palpatine moved versus Darth Maul. Darth Maul is his like, his like punk henchman. Uh, 
Palpatine is so much more powerful. Also, he mastered all seven forms of lightsaber combat, so he had the ability to go in knowing the weak points of all the Jedi he was up against and how to beat them. Yeah. Mace Windu doesn't really have a weak point because the stronger his opponent is with the dark side, the more he can he leverage that, that to not, as a result, be overpowered. You get to see to that overpower in this the other duel. Side. He, it is. He does you win. Really, you George re- Lucas yes. straight up says, it's not a throne thing to get Anakin to come over. Mace Windu beats Palpatine. Yeah. Oh, and he that's, does. That's, he says, beats him. Yeah. says a lot about Mace Windu's dueling ability. Mace Windu and, and Dooku are considered the two best duelists in the galaxy. Okay. Is Palpatine honestly as scared as he feigns to be, or is that kind of an act? I think it could be a bit of both. I mean, he does have, like, he has worked out the greatest plot in history over the last 50 years. And potentially, he just fucked it all up because he was too arrogant and someone beat him in a fight. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I, although I have to take back some of the, no, please don't kill me. Don't kill me. I'm too me. weak. I'm too I'm weak. Too weak. <laughs> Help me. I actually think it's a take well, back. That and, is 100% him trying to get Anakin because he's yes. clearly strong enough. Yes, he's definitely he's trying to pull Anakin in. Manipulating yeah. Anakin. Yeah. I think it was a bit of a mistake to have him ignite a lightsaber in this scene at all. I think much like Yoda, I think these guys... As the two uh, pinnacles of good and bad in in the the series, I think maybe they just should have had one duel each, and maybe with each other at the end of this movie. I think we could have done enough with Palpatine yeah. just using Force Lightning, because then we're like, ah, the Emperor. But the problem is, and I, I totally agree with you, is is that fight isn't that interesting because we've seen both of them already fight. So he's fought Mace, and Yoda's fought Dooku. That's kind of like defeating the purpose. We want it. Like, it needs to be that point, like where you see them bouncing off the walls against each other, right. and then your mind is blown. In fact, I, and we'll get to this next week, I guess. Yeah. But uh, we didn't need it to be set in the council chambers with all the floating pods and stuff. No. I think that just adds. It complicates what could be a really emotional and can, exciting duel. I can guarantee you that's something George Lucas decided on in the Phantom Menace. I can guarantee it because he liked that room. Because he clearly designed that room for a fight scene. Yeah. That is Palpatine using the force to be able to spin those. Di- it's so like that was a good setup for George. It didn't land though. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, scream that you were talking about. I was reading there's a in the Force Awakens when Ray has her force vision. Uh, that scream is heard in mm-hmm. Palpatine's right. scream is heard in that vision. Yeah, when Palpatine's she touches scream, the Graflex. Um, there's a combination of all of the Obi Wan's. Yes. Uh, to create the Ray. Afraid. Um, it was taken out of the word refra- afraid. And right? apparently it was also blended with James Arnold Taylor and Ewan McGregor's voice. Who's James Arnold Taylor? He voices Clone Wars Obi-Wan. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he's exceptional. Like, yeah. He has, without a doubt, continued that Ewan McGregor character lore to a phenomenal place. And so, and then also Ewan McGregor has a small line. Um, and then there's, uh, they were going to have the, the whole Bespin walk. So they really do yeah. like, it was an awesome moment of really incorporating elements of all, the little, all the movies. And bits. I hope they do something like that again. I've oh. said before, I would love a mirrored Kylo Ren force vision yeah. that also took us through the entire saga. That'd be cool. Before we move off that action sequence, when Palpatine's face becomes deformed, is that actually the moment it's deformed or is that just showing what he really is? It's showing what it really is. Yeah. And so because when you become steeped in the dark side, it deteriorates your body. Uh, your eyes turn yellow. Like Gollum. You're, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly like Gollum. Yeah. It, it's just a matter of your skin starts to like uh, 
like eat itself and your body just your body becomes disgusting you just rotted by yeah it slowly wears away because of the dark side within you but he was able to hide it behind some fake form of Sith alchemy yeah so uh, him and Plagueis and other extremely powerful Sith Lords would have to use Sith alchemy which would also only be able to be accomplished by powerful Sith Lords so it's convenient in that regard the ones that need to be able to hide their ability are the only ones who can have the ability to hide their ability yeah I was gonna Uh, say because like if he if he was just deformed in that moment, he really takes it in stride considering how into himself he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, no, but he also spends the next uh, remainder of his years with people not seeing him like that. He shows himself to a degree to the counts, to um, the uh, the Senate and shows that I've been left deformed. Look what the but Jedi did to me. He, he disappears after that. Uh, everything from there on is hologram presentations and he presents himself looking the same as he did before. Well, hang on now. In in Return of the Jedi, when he does indeed land in human form to meet with Vader before mm-hmm. they're going to try and suck Luke over, is that the first time he's shown his face publicly? No, but that would be... It's just really rare. I yeah, guess. like the, the, the Royal Guard, obviously, they know everything about him. Yeah. Um, but, for example, like the stormtroopers over there and the officers, some of them, it likely would have been the first time they would have seen him. And some of them, they would have been like... Oh, the rumors are true. Like, would have been whispering, like, the rumors are true. He he really is, like, deformed. And, like, yeah. that's been a hologram that he's had to hide, like, the Jedi scars. Mace Windu is considered um, uh, a war assassin, like, an attempted war assassin. He's, like, Franz Ferdinand of... Really? Kind of ruins his reputation? Oh, he... Like, in uh, Lost Stars, which is a, a really good uh, kind of telling of uh, the, I guess, the rise and fall of the Empire... Um, or really the prime of the Empire through the fall of the Empire, that entire Star Wars saga, but just told through different eyes from outside perspective. Yeah. And there are some cadets in the Empire Academy, and they're going over some test practice, and that's one of the questions, for example. Who was the Jedi general who betrayed the Republic and attempted to kill Emperor Palpatine prior to the end of the Clone Wars? And like it was like oh, a question, like they okay. were prepping for a test. Uh, Mace Windu? Oh, you got it right. It's like sort of thing like That's that. That's so, neat. Yeah, it was. It was kind of one of those cool things where I, I was listening to it and I was like, "Oh, I wonder who that was." And they said Mace Windu. I was like, "Of course it fucking was Mace uh, Windu. Course. How did I not clue into this?" <laughs> but you think of Mace Windu as a hero? Yeah. So I just and it just, just because obviously it came it right after. It was just yeah. not what popped into my head, and I thought that was kind of funny. It was kind of cool when he puts up the hood. Yes. He officially yeah. becomes who we've always known him to be. And I love that we must move quickly. <laughs> He had a couple of... Yeah, he says there, every Jedi is now an enemy. And then he says, Jedi are relentless. Yes, if they are not all destroyed, it will be civil war without end. First, I want you to go to the Jedi Temple. We will catch them off balance. Do what must be done, Lord Vader. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Only then will you be strong enough in the dark side to save Padme. It's kind of a good impression. You kind of you kind of became him a little bit. <laughs> oh, I could have gone deep. You went glottal. Everybody loves to go. Like, Sidious is the most fun of all of them to impersonate. Right. Because of this 20. Well, I am the Senate. The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. And power. Yeah, I had a little power in there. <laughs> Unlimited power. Let's, let's unpack, since you brought it up, let's unpack his his uh, assessment of the Jedi as relentless. What he really means is the Jedi are a pain in my ass. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, if they were to discover, you know, or what happened... Yeah, at, in that in that duel and Anakin, they would never stop. He's also yeah, he, he's he's right because they never die. Right, 
Jedi, like, they make it to the very end enough to spark that new hope and allow Luke to come in and, and retake over. They are so relentless. Obi-Wan goes into hiding and Yoda goes into hiding for 20 years. That's how relentless they are. They're, they're like, you know, we're going to hide for this long and take his twin kids. And when they're ready in 20 years, then we'll attack you. Yeah. They'll never they stop. are relentless as they'll hell. Yeah. And then you look at like. I just found it interesting he said that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, I didn't really pick up on yeah. it, but it, it is interesting. It's better writing. But it, it it does show it being kind of interesting in that they have to do that big sweep of killing all those Jedi at once. Because how else would you do it? They'd be able to it get away. Right. Uh, and the only other thing I want to bring up from this scene, uh, and it's unfortunate because it's it means everything. But henceforth, you will be known as Darth Vader sucks. Yeah, it does. Henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Vader. It just really, really it sucks. It means everything, but it sucks. It means nothing. They should have made a meal out of that. Yeah. I, I don't, but I also don't know how they would have. I don't have any better ideas. No, I agree. Yeah. All of a sudden, he just comes up with his name. I yeah. mean, it is meaningful, but well, the origin, it serves more. But The origins of the name Darth Vader, um, people have said it's based on Dark Invader. Yeah. Uh, because the like Vader is Invader. It's also in- the German word for father. No, I know, but invader, insidious. So dark invader, dark and insidious. And so that's what people have theorized. And then there's right. also the Vader being German, or Dutch, I believe it is, for father. Um, yeah, maybe it is. And that, I believe, I don't know if that was the actual truth or if that was something George Lucas... And it's mighty convenient. Was ...got lucky on or potentially... Uh, he just never wanted people to really realize and was kind of pissed when they realized it. And so he probably denied it or backtracked it because <laughs> George Lucas does that shit. Right. Um, but I think they actually, through either Legends or Canon, have retroactively also made it a Sith word. Okay. So there are Sith words, like, for example, Lords of the Sith, which is one of the best of all books. Um, Vader and the Emperor are stranded on a planet and they use fake names at one point. Uh, and so Palpatine introduces them and says, uh, we are like Iluk and Kotor or something. Uh, I don't know. We are remember. Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> but the funny, he like, he picks two random Sith words that, that mean like, I don't know, like death and um, like demise yeah. or something to mock the people like, hey, like, hi, my name's death and this is demise. Yeah. And in the end, Vader slaughters the entire village. Right. Um, there has been, I don't remember where I heard this, but that the term Vader means father in Sith and that it's Palpatine mocking Anakin because Anakin doesn't realize he's a father. Okay, that that could have been fine. Be. Yeah. On a, in a simpler level, what's the, what's the one thing this character is most known for from this movie? Oh, Darth Plagueis the Wise? Darth Plagueis the Wise. This guy tells a really good story about Sith history. Mm-hmm. All he had to do when coming up with his name was give a little saucy anecdote about what it means to be a Sith, yeah. slip in something about invasion, mm-hmm. and then dub him Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah that would have been a really Rather good than idea. just pull it out of thin air. Just for right. a little bit more. Even if then, we'd probably still be having this conversation like, that was so forced, mm. but not as forced. It, yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. If he had said, you know, since the history of the Sith, blah, 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 and kind of yeah. did a little blurb. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would make sense. You like, kind of like a you, knighting process. I yeah. have used you to invade the Jedi, and we will together uh, extinguish them once and for all. Yeah, Darth Vader. 
Yeah, I, yeah, that would have been way better. I completely agree. Okay, we have to we, really drag in here. So we got to move on to the other important Palpatine scene in the office, the one where he reveals himself to be evil. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about how uh, how Anakin just kind of accepts that a little bit too easily. Um, one thing that I've watched this 23 times now in the last couple of weeks. Uh, one thing that took me three viewings to kind of click into was that he caught Anakin's attention by mentioning Padme. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will be able to save your wife from certain death. What did you say? He shouldn't know that Anakin is married. Oh, yes. So he says, and this is how you're going to save your wife. And that's when Anakin goes, what did you say? No one knows that. Right, but I, did, I wasn't putting that together, because I've always known they were married, right, and so yeah. I don't think of it as a secret. And so that is... That does demonstrate his investment in Anakin mm -hmm. and his power and his uh, perceptibility. And that pulls Anakin right in. But yes. he almost well, he almost ghosts him a little bit there. Just help me save Padme's life. I can't live without her. To cheat death is a power only one has achieved. But if we work together, I know we can discover the secret. He's like, only one has ever achieved this power, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> I know. I have that as a take back too. It's like, but together, I'm sure we can yeah, figure it out. Yeah, only yeah. one person wait, wait has ever done you this. You just a second ago told me that you're the only one with this information <laughs> yeah. so that I'd kill my boss. Right. And now you're telling me that I may be the, the, the thing that'll put you over the edge so that you can figure it out. Yeah, we'll do our best. I'm not going to make any promises. <laughs> <Yeah>. but. <laughs> That is a bait and switch. Not cool, Palpy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's uh, what kind of stood out to me most about, about that sequence. But yeah, there's some really good lines in there. Like, they don't trust you, Anakin. They see your future. They know your power will be too strong to control. Anakin, you must break through the fog of lies the Jedi have created around you. Let, Let me help, help you. you know the subtleties of the Force. Yeah. Yeah, I That's love that. That's a good line. It's a really good line. You know what's not a very good line? Are you going to kill me? I would certainly like to. Yeah, that's not a good line. I certainly would like to. I know, he really <laughs> says it in an annoying way. He's really crying. <laughs> and the stupid single tear that we get. Oh, does he have a single tear? Oh, yeah, he has two single tears in this movie. There's the one when he's deciding to go uh, potentially rescue Palpy, or at least to get involved in that confrontation. And then there's the one um, when he's... Uh, I don't know if there's maybe two. He, he may cry. He may do three. There may be one also when he kills the younglings, but I know there's one after he kills all the separatist leaders. <laughs> okay. Uh, but and not his eyes the kids necessarily. Maybe. But maybe not the kids. Yeah. He's crying too, isn't he? After he kills Mace Windu. Uh, no, he's more just like sweating and like sweating oh, says, and like uh, mortified. I'll at do what whatever he's done. you ask or whatever. What have I done? The funny thing is <laughs> when Palpatine says, uh, "Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy." The way, he, the, way says, the way he says that's just the really Sith weird. Shall rule the galaxy <laughs> like constipated it just it's, came out really weird it, it comes out really like choppy like he's having voice cracks yeah, almost yeah it's like nice. they're adjusting the dials on his like auto tune it's like he's been told every now and then pretend to be like a male version of the wicked witch of the west <laughs> just like put on like a real weird old person voice once again there is reason for this always uh, it's it's the same as the body deterioration though Right. As your skin deteriorates, your vocal cords yeah, deteriorate. That's fair. And because it just got blasted back and his Sith alchemy's wearing off, and so the vocal cords are like 
spotty. Now, you can acknowledge that's all retroactive correction. It's all retroactive correction, but some of it isn't. Like, for example, like, the Force Scream isn't. And there are certain things like Palpatine's power. Like, so you do, although they seem a little ridiculous because we don't have the context and you have to look deep for the context, a lot of it George Lucas did have there. He just didn't explain it to anyone. Is it not kind of bullshit that when Anakin goes back to Mace Windu and he's like, listen, I know I've been pretty close with the Chancellor and you guys aren't crazy about that, but he's evil. We should go arrest him. That was the right thing for him to do. And and Mace Windu still won't just give him a bone. If what you've told me is true, you will have gained my trust. But for now, remain here. The, The reason why this is wrong is because Anakin is the only... The only person in the galaxy other than Obi-Wan Kenobi who has killed a Sith Lord. Yeah. The only person. Yoda's never done it. Mace Windu's never done it. He's also easily a top five duelist in the galaxy. There's Dooku, Mace Windu, Palpatine, Yoda, um, and Anakin. Anakin would be right up there probably after those guys. Why in the world are you not taking that? Right. four is five is better than four yeah i mean he is so damn powerful he already told you he's on his side like you think that that's part of mace's yeah it's a power thing uh, well i was gonna say part of his like you know remember how uh he could see like shatter points and people's weaknesses and then he thought anakin i can see anakin's weaknesses being around him well no because he absolutely says that i sense much confusion in you yeah young skywalker something like that so he the reason like that might be it that it's not that he's weary of the confusion but he specifically because of the shatter point the force is telling him do not bring anakin right yeah it could, just a thought no that's that makes interesting a, that's makes a good a one i like that palpatine has a hold on you i don't want you anywhere near this situation right yeah yeah do okay, you want to talk about some quotes any any other quotes that we've missed so far good or bad one of the quotes uh obi-wan yeah that we didn't really touch on the grievous uh, death i know yeah. we've been working backwards one obi-wan yeah. Uh, was the so uncivilized? Yeah, oh, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> it just ties in. Well, you know what? And I hadn't seen this in a long time. He he kills uh, General Grievous with the blaster, which is so un Obi Wan like. Mm. Although he didn't have any other choice, but mm. it did occur to me while he was doing it. This is so un Obi Wan. <laughs> but they want you to think that because then he tosses it aside. So uncivilized. Yeah, not at all what he wanted to do. But, but I still love that he uses the same Darth Maul trick. Yes, that's right. And it ties into uh, a New Hope. Exactly. Yeah. Not as clumsy, clumsy. Yeah, random. random as a blaster. <laughs> I actually, you you kind of made a comment about it in the recap. I actually kind of like that that battle sequence. It's just one on one giant robot against. Obi Wan really gets beat. He no, gets beat around. Oh. It's it's stupid. His, okay. his bones would be like shattered. He he's not. He doesn't have the ability in this situation to like ease his fall with the force. Here he's being whipped around like a rag doll. I know he is, but I don't I don't know how you can say he doesn't have the ability to use the force to ease his fall. I think that. I think that he's a tough guy. Yeah, I just I think Grievous is he's too robotic and it is too physical. He like you can't punch Broken metal ribs. Like and... he like he literally he punches him one time and hurts his hand. Yeah, but it's like the third time he's punched him. Why didn't yeah. he hurt his hand the first two times? He would have broken his fingers. Yeah, like I, I just it seems like uh, although in Star Wars you always need to, to suspend disbelief. But right, it just seems a little much. But I have a couple small little lines. The are you threatening me, Master Jedi? Yeah, that, that is a, is, good, that's a good line. Way. It's so sinister. The I am the Senate. Right. Not had, just because it's too. become a meme, but because it's a good line. Uh, yeah. You know what's what's a, a good line that's also been a meme, but is maybe... Actually, you know what? It's a meme, but it's not a good line. Is uh, So it's treason then? Because I had that in the quote. It's 
it's kind of cool. It sound treason is a fun word. Mm-hmm. It's a juicy word. It's the name of next Tron. His next Thrawn book is treason. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's inaccurate. It's it's the opposite of treason. You are the one who's turning against the organization, Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah, they think yeah. I can see where he's coming from when he says yeah. that. That's just all the way they're doing it. They're both pitting the other against you. It's a mutiny more than it it's treason. Yeah, that's that's that would be the more appropriate word. Uh it wouldn't sound as good. No, no exactly. So it's a mutiny then. <laughs> uh you're under arrest, my lord. He really puts some stank on the my lord. You are under arrest, my lord. I know what's been troubling you. Listen to me. Don't continue to be a pawn of the Jedi Council. Ever since I've known you, you've been searching for a life greater than that of an ordinary Jedi. A life of significance. A life of conscience. Yeah. That is a very important line Mm -hmm. to, like, we will rule the galaxy the way we think is important. And we will do things that are good. You are a good person. You are a noble person. It is the Jedi who are letting this war continue. It's just more manipulation, but done in a very nice and subtle way. Yep, that's very good. Uh, trivia? Yeah, okay. Who wants to start? Uh, Want me to you start? Guys? I'll start. Uh, okay, so we'll let Michael answer first. Yes. Okay, uh, a Padawan question. Which of Mace Windu's hands is severed? Uh, it's right hand? It is his right hand. Yeah. <laughs> usually is is it not usually the right hand that gets severed it's usually the right hand because there's not that many lefties uh can we talk they have to use like yeah like, vader sometimes will use his left hand when fighting because he's but mostly yeah. everybody uses just the right hand mace windu is always so measured and and calm and collected and he throws a bigger tantrum over this hand than luke does who loses his arm when he's like 20 he wails like a child. I don't know, Luke. Do you not remember Empire Strikes Back? The look of like no, I know, just like sobbing, snotty mess on Luke's <laughs> face when he's like, "No, that's impossible." I know. I remember. <laughs> he's also de- he's also dealing with some truths that are hard to swallow in that moment. Though. <laughs> so is Mace Windu. Everything he just believed got cut off, and he <laughs> he and Anakin's in on it. That would be like he howls like there are snakes on a plane in this scene. <laughs> No! And then he then he stops for a breath and he goes, No! <laughs> he does more. I do. Like I know it's ridiculous, and I know it would go against everything that's already been created in Star Wars. Um, so I don't want Mace Windu to come back alive from that moment. Although Samuel that's Jackson the question. does. Is he? Uh, no. That was one of my unanswerable questions. No, I think he has to be dead. There's too many things in Star Wars where he would have come back. It does not make sense. He's too powerful in the Force to just disappear. No one's ever heard from him for 20 years. I don't uh, know. I think he's an old cynic if he's still alive. He doesn't Yoda, want to know. He, Yoda disappeared. He, he would be full of revenge. Or, but yeah, Mace is different. He would, yeah, he would either have that. gone dark because of... Snoke. Well, then there was that stupid theory. People did say that. Both bald. Yeah, that was really all they had going for it. <laughs> That's it. Well, you want to tell me Mace Windu doesn't have a head wound after that fall? I know, but no, my point was that uh, although I don't want him to come back to life, uh, what we've seen with Captain Marvel and what we've seen in more and more movies now is they can absolutely de-age 70-year-old Samuel L. Jackson yep. and give us a 35-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old Mace Windu oh, yeah. right before the events of The Phantom Menace doing a badass mission with something. Just slide him in. We don't need a movie with like a ton of them in it. Just slide him in there. Uh, I, th- like a whole Mace movie. To be honest, like Samuel L. Jackson, who we've, is the most bankable star in the world, yep. 
has Mace Windu as his like second favorite character of all time that he's played. Does he he really? would come back and do this in a second. Second and, of Pulp Fiction, probably? No, Pulp Fiction. Like I listened to an interview he did and he kind of ranked his top characters. He he listed all of his Tarantino characters as a character like, together collectively. That's like, crazy because he has some very different characters. Well, in no, but movies. he was just like like those three main characters: the Pulp Fiction, the Hateful Eight, and then there's the um, I forget what the other one is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but like he he kind of just put those together, and I forget after that, and he had um, I, I, there's the Django Unchained one. Sure. But anyway, whatever. Anyway, Mace Windu was like really up there, and he has said time and time again. If he ever got the call, he would come back and do it in a second. So That's cool. I'm always in favor of if you're part of the Star Wars world and you loved it and you have been great to the fans, let's bring you back and keep you part of it. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, a Padawan question from Michael. Uh, well, I couldn't. I had trouble thinking of some questions. It is tough. I do have just one. to stay on microphone there. Just come over a little more. Oh, right. I do have one. Um, name the Jedi who went to arrest Palpatine. Uh, see, that was one of my that was my one of my night questions. Yeah, I have it as a knight. I didn't have a Padawan. See, I have them written here. It was my Padawan question. I was going to get you guys to name two of them. It was your Padawan question. Well, was this your well, Padawan too? I have a knight one. That's oh. it. Okay, so I only have one. So the thing it's is, we, we, we all have it written on our paper, then, don't we? Like Kit oh, Fisto is one of them. Kate, Kit Fisto is and the one who lasts the longest. Who are the other two? Because I, I I have them written here. Stacey but... Tin and Egan Kolar. Uh, right now is Kolar the one who replaced Eve Kosh? It's exactly yeah and i've so, never even heard those two names before stacy tin i forget constantly yeah. i am constantly like oh who's the horny guy uh, the horned headed guy on the jedi council <laughs> <laughs> stacy's mom let's go <laughs> that was good yeah um but yeah uh there's very very little about stacy tin he was i think only ever had it like two lines in the whole damn clone wars even so that's literally, he's really not much in anything. Same with Egan Kolar. Uh, but he's always been on the council. Uh, Tin. Yep. But they're both, they're essentially, um, they're not overly skilled. Uh, I believe one of them is, is quite skilled. Maybe Stacey Tin is quite skilled in um, in his, I guess, connection with the Force. Right. Yeah. But not necessarily as a duelist. And Egan Kolar is quite skilled in terms of his dueling ability, but primarily for blaster defect deflecting okay uh and kit fisto kit, kit fisto had fought general grievous at one point he is a, a very good duelist he's more well known um, i think i he, feel like that yeah, name is a little he bit is more. more well known he did die too quickly but that was also as a part of the stun grenade and because uh palpatine knew his weaknesses I mean, that stun grenade is quite the move it is quite the move but that's the thing. Sith have so many tricks up their sleeves that the Jedi just have no access to. I guess. And like stopping blaster fire, like the way Kylo Ren does. Like the dark side is a pathway to some abilities <laughs> many believe to be unnatural. So <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You're starting to sound like Palpatine, by the way. The dark side is a pathway to, oh yes? Mm -hmm. Do tell. I'm what, listening. What's your night question? Uh, do you guys have night questions? Yeah, you just we just did it. Oh, okay. Uh, who returns Obi-Wan's lightsaber to him? Uh, I don't remember that even happening. No, I don't remember that either. Because he's only in one scene in this I, it's, I think it's the very first thing. Is it one of the Stormtrooper it is. captains? Who? I don't know his one, name. Yeah. There, are, there, are the, there are two the, the two most famous uh, clone troopers um, would be uh, Captain Rex and this individual. Oh, Captain Rex sounds familiar, but I don't know about the other one. Commander Cody. Yeah, that doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. So, so hang on, Commander Cody was usually part of Obi Wan's kind of uh, 
grouping or military outpost and he would be generally that he was usually their general right and anakin was usually rex's general remind me why he didn't have his lightsaber during the the grievous he duel it. he dropped it when he's riding the, away. the creature yeah, okay just falls down Dragon right next thing. to cody and it's very convenient that cody gives it back to him because within the next 40 seconds or 30 seconds cody gets an order to kill obi-wan and then fires the order yeah <laughs> all right do you have another one no, that was the only one I could, I could okay. come up with. I just have one more, too. Do you have a master one? Or yeah, I, I think it's kind of tough. Um, how many shots to the chest does it take to kill General Grievous? Oh. Three? Four. It's five. Five? Oh. And I only wrote that down because I thought, all right, settle down. <laughs> Save him. <Wow>. Because <laughs> it's a lot. It takes a lot. But I actually, I like that. I thought it was a good death for General Grievous, who I've been, all season, I've been talking about how I just don't like General Grievous, and it was gratifying it, to see him go that it's way. It's like that time in the movies that is used for General Grievous. You could use it so much better. Yeah. Mm, right. And, and fuse it with, with Count Dooku and just like, make that like, whole story. Yeah, you can make, like Ross was saying, an hour of the Palpatine reveal. Yeah. yeah. There's so many things like that that could have been done differently and Grievous takes away from Palpatine. It's all ultimately just done to to keep Obi-Wan busy while Anakin is being tormented. Which is stupid because Obi-Wan can be doing so many important things right now. There's <laughs> like it's not like we're short on that. I think so. Um the final question I have here is I have a few different ways of wording it, but I'll just kind of change my wording on it to be a little bit more all-encompassing. Okay. Uh Tell me something about the gold statues in Palpatine's office. Oh. I don't even know. I didn't notice any gold statues. Very important in overall Star Wars lore and speculation and rumors. Um, one of them I've is, seen them. is an Oscar for best adapted screenplay. <laughs> no, they're the four sages of the Dwarty. Uh, and so they were... They're statues to represent uh, four kind of founding fathers of the Republic... Uh, and the notion of uniting uh, kind of planets together. Okay. Uh, and so Palpatine has these statues. They were a gift from Darth Plagueis uh, to him previously. Darth Plagueis was uh, very well-known in the banking guild, so he was also a very well-known public figure, same as Palpatine. Um, but these are political figures, not force figures. Uh, yes-ish and no-ish. Okay. Uh, because Naturally. there's not a whole lot about them. One of them was a Salazar Slytherin. The other one was a Godric Gryffindor. Well, no, not, not really Raven. like that. Yeah. No, not not exactly. Um, because there's not really a whole lot that is about them in canon, but there's a lot of mystery. For example, Palpatine kept one of them with him, um, Sistress, which is the name of the statue. He stored his lightsaber in Sistress, and that's how he always had a lightsaber handy in case the Jedi ever came for him. And that's okay. how he had a lightsaber so quickly handy. He stored it in the Dwarty statues. Also, Snoke's black diamond ring yes, has engravings of the Dwarty. Oh, okay. So, who knows? But that brings some form of connection of Snoke either to Palpatine or to Plagueis, which is very cool because he gave the statues to um, Palpatine. <laughs> Or there is the connection back that Snoke could be as old as the fucking galaxy. That would be kind of interesting. As old as the Republic, I mean. That could be kind of cool. I still want it to be Plagueis. I still want him to be Plagueis. It fits perfectly. So Listen, uh, any more final thoughts about this 20? Because we got to move on to the news. No. One sec. Nah, I'm, I'm ready for news. All right. Have to cut out oh, the, uh, just a quick... 
comment on the uh, yeah, Padme in the apartment scene and Anakin in the council chambers. Sure. Chambers. Very weird music. Oh, yeah. Weird. And the first time I watched it, it didn't even occur to me that they weren't in the same room together. And yeah. then the second time I was like, oh, they're not. They're, they're in just, different I was places. like, why aren't they talking? <laughs> oh, they're just looking at the same moon. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. hear, we hear uh, Palpatine, I think, still communicating with Anakin. Yeah, that's right. It's a voiceover. Yes, yeah. It's so moody. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it is. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I felt it was really trying. Definitely. <laughs> just to remind us that Padme is still out there being housebound. <laughs> barefoot and... <laughs> Literally barefoot and pregnant. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hanging out at home watching The View. <laughs> wow. That was not great. It nope. was not a great moment on my part. Let's move on. Alrighty, let's uh, let's start into episode nine. Okay. Uh, so Richard E. Grant, uh, he is 100% playing a new character. It's all his own. Uh, That's exciting. That's the way he's described it because people keep speculating that he's somebody who exists. He does not. So that, I think, lends a little bit more likelihood to him being a high-ranking um, First Order officer um, of some capacity or yeah. potentially kind of one of those uh, senior leadership people brought in to fill the void in the resistance that's potentially not there because of character. Lieutenant Plasma. Uh, yeah, Phasma. Phasma, Phasma. No, I know. I'm just saying. He was at that, the. That's well, gonna that's be a the... stupid enough name. <laughs> yeah. He was at the Oscar brunch in this morning, getting selfies with every movie star he could find. It was the sweetest thing. Yeah, I saw some of those. <laughs> he seems so likable. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, everything. I, I, I really. Uh, I'm happy he's part of the Star Wars family. This is not really on topic, but I, I just watched his performance in Can You Ever Forgive Me, and it is sublime. Oh, I've heard it's incredible. He's great. I'll, I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Daniels has rapped, and he made it. He made it sound like it was the last moment for him. It's it sounded very. There's a lot of finality in the way in his Twitter posts really? about uh, wrapping up on Star Wars. Well, and you phrased it when you and I talked about it uh, previous to this. You phrased uh, his and R2's involvement in Star Wars in a way that I liked. You're... Yeah, uh, they're Skywalkers. Yeah, that's right. Like really, when you think about it, Anakin built three PO. And R2's introduction is just this random newish astromech droid who saves the ship that they go to find Anakin on. He becomes Anakin's droid. Then he becomes Luke's droid. 3PO becomes Anakin's droid, his mother's droid, Padme's droid, Bail Organa's droid, which is Leia's droid, which is then back to becoming Luke's droid. And it remains, it's it, 100% of the time, those two droids are Skywalkers. And also R2 is the closest thing a droid can be to force sensitive. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it puts it in an interesting spot where they shouldn't be in any other movies beyond these. I think this should be the last one. If this is the end of the Skywalker saga, it should be the end of the two of them. You don't need to kill them. Uh, no, you don't need to blow them up. Just their story contained. But their story too. should be contained. And to do, personally, I would be totally game with them ending the movie in some sort yeah. of like it doesn't necessarily need to be like them the two of them looking out on something but if 3PO had the final line to R2 and then they shifted and there was like a beautiful cinematic shot that didn't have dialogue that ended the saga I would love that well in a way we have always been R2 and 3PO exactly they are us they're the narrators right they're the stage right two old men making the the comedic comments about the play as it's going on well and it like in many ways r2 is who you want to be and 3po is who you'd probably be (laughs) exactly in this moment (laughs) that's a great way of putting it too uh i agree and the other thing is those two guys have not been that heavy in the most recent two movies anyway uh it's been extremely disappointing r2 was 
awesome in the tiny, tiny bit they used him in The Last Jedi. Yeah. But I've been very disappointed with how little they've used him. It's totally okay, though, if they use him like a decent amount or in an important capacity in 9, because R2 is important. He yeah. matters. 3PO yeah, just felt, needs to have some good felt lines. they needed to be in them more, the last Well, they had BB-8 in just, there. Everybody yeah. leaned into BB-8. And I like BB-8, too. Sure. And BB-8's great, but 3PO definitely needs to have some lines in Episode 9. I agree. Um, no Super Bowl ads for Star Wars. That was to be expected. Uh, a lot of people were still kind of confused or surprised by that. Well, the movie doesn't uh, have a name yet. It doesn't have a name yet. However, it's heavily rumored that a name is going to be coming very soon. We kind of thought it might by today. It, we kind of thought it might it's by today. It's not impossible that it won't be out already when this podcast comes out. I'm going to try and put it out as quickly as possible. Exactly. And there's also a possibility that it has already been leaked. So Balance of the Force was found in embedded code on StarWars.com. Yeah. And so Balance of the Force could be the title uh, it could be somebody who has could done a very works. good job of editing things. To be honest, it has some finality to it. It is an overall Star Warsy title. It's a blank of the blank. Yeah, I, I don't. Mean, there's something weirdly clunky, and Star Wars is clunky, so I guess it's fine. But there's something mechanical about the word balance to me. If it's said by a Jedi Master who's like, "You will bring balance to the Force," then it sounds very important. But, but balance to the Force I sounds know. a lot better than like balance of the Force. I balance think... of the Force just sounds like a yoga move to me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not against it, but I think they could do better. I still like Ashes of the Empire is still my favorite one I've heard, but obviously it needs to be relevant to the movie they're telling. Any ideas, Michael? No, I, I have no idea. There I, was like there was a bit of a gag on the internet today that the end might be the name of the of the movie, and like it's not creative, but it's also not the worst thing ever. No, it's not the worst thing ever. I don't, I wouldn't want it because Star Wars titles are creative, like The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is not a title you would ever see nowadays, but was perfect for the time and has a level of campiness that works for Star Wars and only Star Wars. Right and. For some reason, that title is an awesome title. Yeah, the thing is, if you call it the end, they're just inviting people to bitch about it. Yeah, that's true, too. Right. And they may not want to put the end on something Star Wars now that they've they should acquired it. Oh, they're going to keep making movies, just not about Luke Skywalker. No. Yeah, it, and it's interesting. What I don't was really the know... other one you said about the Suns? Oh, Son of Darkness is another one Darkness, I like. Yeah. It's kind of good. Yeah, that's another, or like that's one that I think if, if Vader is a big influence, Vader, Anakin, like if there's a Force ghost... Of either of them speaking to Kylo and or Rey, uh, or if the influence of like finish what you started is a big presence in this, I think Son of Darkness could work perfectly. Yeah. Because Vader and Kylo, mm. that can be kind of referencing both of them, but I just don't think it's enough if we're just talking about like moody ass Kylo. However, uh, some people have been rumoring out there uh, and theorizing, and it's something I love, uh, is that we're going to go the route of what the novels did. Uh, and the initial novels had the trilogy taking place after um, Return of the Jedi, uh, being the Yuzan Vong were the criminals. They were the bad guys. Okay, uh, they're aliens from the uh, from the Outer Rim. Some new from, uprising. Yeah, from the like extended like the Outer Galaxy and uh, the Unknown Regions. Sorry, that's what I was trying to say. Okay. Uh, and so they came in, and they were a large threat and presence, and that's kind of uh, the main kind of point within that. Um, within that saga, within those three books. So in theory, there is potential that an external force from the unknown regions will be the main villain and that Kylo puts the war aside, reuniting all sides of the galaxy and actually brings balance to the force. Okay. And that he does not become good. He becomes, he 
pushes his own pathway forward, dies in the process so that Skywalker's end, but he brings balance to the Force in his own way. Right. In a way that could kind of be cool. Yep. So just kind of mm-hmm. something that would be cool. Another rumor out there is that they're going to get a flashback with Han, Luke, and Leia. Oh, that would be really nice. That would be awesome, whether it's Harrison Ford coming in or a scene that Harrison Ford shot for The Force Awakens. Um, it really all, all it is is do you have the lines that Carrie Fisher has said or has said in movies of recent that mm-hmm. we can make work in some capacity? I have to imagine that when J.J. was making The Force Awakens and pulled the trigger on Han Solo, and he wasn't solely responsible for that, but probably a big a big part of it. That was... We heard about part of the deal. Yeah, it was definitely part of the mm-hmm. deal. Um, but he had to have it in his mind. Hang on, I'm not going to have all three of these together. Oh, but I do have that other scene we shot or something. Like he must have known. There's a quite a bit of Carrie Fisher shot from The Force Awakens. Right. There was going to be the sideline plot of she was going to be the one who gets the saber from Maz and then gives it to Ray. Oh yeah, okay. And so she's not in it that much. No, but the point is, there's been scenes that are a, there's of extra a stuff. totally sidetracked yeah. plot that's been that was abandoned at that right. time. Uh, just because we talked about Samuel L. Jackson earlier, and we talked about um, we're just talking about Harrison Ford right now. Uh, I did want to mention one thing. He was joking in that same interview that he was talking about these favorite roles, about how now he's the most um, bankable star of all time, and anyway or in history or something like that, but that he had to catch up because Harrison Ford went and made one damn movie and passed him. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Just, Harrison goes and make The Force Awakens and makes like $20 million. Harrison had points on The Force Awakens. Well, that's the thing. Which he, is the craziest deal in actor history. Yeah, him and J.J. made gobs. Yeah, but J.J. was a producer on the movie. He directed and wrote the movie. No, true. Harrison was just... A, a supporting role in the film yeah. and got points on the back end of The Force Awakens. Yeah, but he earned every dollar because he was if, essential. He, if he wasn't in there, it wouldn't have made... Mm-hmm. He, without a doubt, the differential, Yep, he he was worth more than it. Absolutely. Um, other rumors or other bits of news. Uh, Elon Musk visited the set of The Mandalorian. Okay. So, just probably because he has clout and he was able to. Right. Uh, Taika Waititi was talking about his experience, saying that it really has an original trilogy vibe they're going for with The Mandalorian. Um, He was really excited to sign on for something that can kind of bring to life uh, essentially the essence of Boba Fett in that we loved these bounty hunters and the cool look of the character and the armor, but we didn't really care about the character. The character was cool of circumstance and the mystique so he was really excited about the possibility of bringing something like that to life yeah and that marvel although he because he did thor ragnarok it's a similar sort of experience but he said there is a very distinct star wars vibe which is very encouraging that as much as john favreau has been kind of used to the marvel world as we've all expected just totally gets star wars and is really kind of making this something to be special yeah he said today he's not going to do guardians 3 Oh, cool. Which is probably Good. like, it's just a, I mean, it's, you're right. There's a lot of crossover between Star Wars and Marvel, but uh, that's a little bit too much space mm-hmm. cowboy stuff. Yeah. And so another little bit on The Mandalorian, which isn't news, but I started watching Narcos. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is the perfect fit, is the perfect fit for the Star Wars universe. Yeah. He has, without it, he has Han Solo charisma. Like, not like that's saying a lot, but like he has the charisma. He could easily out charisma Poe Dameron. Okay. I have no doubt that uh, the Mandalorian will become 
one of all of our favorite characters just because of the charisma of Pedro Pascal in the half season I've seen of Narcos. He is ridiculously likable. Great. Yeah. So. That's kind of essential for Narcos. Well, it, but he's he's a cop. Yeah. And just like he's... He just plays one of those. I know, but that show could be so dour if not for some personality. No, but that thing is, he's a, he's a, like the high charisma, funny but loose with the rules kind of cop. Yeah, and so it really points to the kind of if it's a similar sort of character that I imagine it will be for the Mandalorian. I think we're in for a real treat. Um, not a whole lot else there. Uh, some books kind of come out. Uh, so the Skywalker Saga was a book that was released, uh, not released, but announced. Sorry. Uh, it's going to be a retelling of the Phantom Menace through the Last Jedi from the eyes of only Skywalkers. Oh, okay. So it'll just be told directly from their perspective. So my guess is that means it will start out with Anakin seeing like this Jedi and this stupid Gungan getting like threatened by Sebulba. <laughs> That's my guess is how the whole thing's going to start. It's kind of fun. Um, Star Wars Myths and Fables. This book will feature stories that take place in the Outer Rim and Batuu uh, and many other unknown, untold tales from the edges of the galaxy. Uh, there's illustrations. This is meant to be kind of like a like a very Games of Thrones style. Doesn't necessarily have to fit in with everything in canon because it's kind of a legends tale folklore right. that is meant to... Uh, I guess and these are all these kind of tales right here are all meant to emphasize um galaxy's edge oh, so okay. bring to life the the theme park that we're gonna get yeah so to provide some tie-ins there uh black spire which general leia organa has dispatched her top spy to batu in desperate research uh to find uh, in desperate search of resistance allies uh so that one the black spire is the cantina on batu uh a crash of fate uh, it's a young adult novel um, with uh, smugglers uh, who are fending off pirates, so it could be interesting. Uh, and then they have the summary of Master and Apprentice, which is the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan book. Okay. And so they've released kind of the synopsis on that. Master Yoda trained Dooku, Dooku trained Qui-Gon, and now Qui-Gon has a Padawan of his own. But his faith in the prophecy grows as Obi-Wan's faith in him is tested. That's pretty cool. It sounds pretty great. Hopefully Qui-Gon's not racist in it. <laughs> Yeah, I had to bring that up. I had, I had, couldn't <laughs> yeah, help I had it. to bring it up at the end. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was so dramatic. It was dramatic, but no, it's it's a book I'm really excited for. I think it's going to be a good yeah, one. That'll really be cool kind for of sure. expand that. That comes soon. It's going to come, I think, in April, and so that'll give us a really kind, of, really the first look into the galaxy before the Phantom Menace. You're right, which is pretty eye opening. Pretty cool. It's yeah. about damn time too. Yeah, it really is. Holy shit! And I hope this is the first of many. Anything else? Nope. All right. I uh, want to wish a couple of birthdays. Uh, last week, let's see, uh, the third, uh, happy birthday, Work Davis. Oh, nice. He played three different characters in Star Wars. Uh, Wicket and uh, his character from... from Solo was the same as uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I forget his, that guy's name, but just, just I think those two guys. Okay, so his birthday was on Sunday. John Williams turns, uh, I don't know how old, on Friday. <laughs> Probably 89 or something. Yeah. God bless him, John Williams. And Laura Dern this coming Sunday. Uh, happy birthday. The happy birthday, Holdo. So yeah, got some good ones. Yep, absolutely. Uh, thanks again, buddy, for coming to do the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So awesome. we're uh, if you want to be caught up to us by next week, boy, you got a juicy 20 to watch. Uh, watch the first hour and 40 minutes of Star Wars Episode 3. In the meantime, if you want to send along some feedback, you can tweet us at Recorder66 or email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review positively, please, on iTunes. And until we're together again, may the force be with you.